moments over monuments. Is this about walking with God, Father, Son, Spirit? Mm -hmm. Or is this about getting something out of our walk? God never intended for his sacredness to be an act of idolization. Because there is a two difference between sacred and idol idols. <laughs> okay. Yeah, unpack that, my love. So today we wanted to talk about um, moments over monuments. And where did we where did we where does that line originate from? I don't think we came up with it. I tried Googling it and I couldn't find it. So it's ours. <laughs> Let's not do that because I don't know if we can get sued or something. But the phrase came from us reflecting on our road trip and us looking at the road trip overall and the things that we were experiencing. Um, and if this happens to be the first episode that you're listening to, basically this past summer, Carrie and I went on a road trip in the United States. We live in Niagara Falls, Canada, and essentially... We went from Niagara Falls to Colorado, Colorado to the desert, like Utah, and then Utah back to Colorado and then home. It was 24 days. We drove 11,000 kilometers. We tented the entire thing. We didn't plan 95% of it until we were on the road. Um, that's the shortest version of that, I can say. So on the road trip, we're reflecting what we were learning. And the truth is, because we were grieving with our news about the infertility, there were a lot more messy moments than either one of us anticipated for the trip. And in that, we were like realizing, I guess, that there were beautiful moments that we had on the trip. But if we were hoping that this trip would be almost like the perfect trip, it wasn't that. And so we could either accept the fact that there was these messy moments mm. and have that be how we describe and define the trip that we were on. Mm -hmm. Or we could lean into the situation closer mm -hmm. and say, no, there were actually really beautiful moments. Mm -hmm. Like I'll never forget watching the sunset with you at the Grand Canyon, literally such a beautiful sunset while literally there was only a handful of people there and we had a solid hour of just you and me the Grand Canyon and this amazing sunset mm -hmm. that was a beautiful moment mm -hmm. and before that moment there were messy moments and after that moment there were messy moments mm -hmm. but that in and of itself was a moment that we were able to share why do we say moments over monuments? What do we mean by monuments, Carly? Well, I think we've, we've used this phrase, but <clears throat> there was the trip that we planned and dreamed of, and then there was the trip that we were on. And isn't that life where it's like, oh, like I graduated from this program, yay, but I'm still here and, you know, and that's been kind of like our journey, but I'm still here or, oh, you know, I had a lot of dreams leading up to that monument 
or leading up around that monument, right? And so those are great moments to live for, right? Like there's nothing wrong with championships. There's nothing wrong with um, being in a crowd cheering on a, on a team. But I think when you put the emphasis on the win and the lose and that's it, then it's like, oh, but I've been training for this for so long and I've sacrificed so much. I'm just going to like not take the time to reflect on that and where this has led me, whether it's led me to the thing that I actually wanted to begin with, I'm just going to totally disregard it. So I think we, we, I say that a lot, and I should emphasize, I'm talking about a Western kind of way of looking at things. And there's other ways of looking at things. But from my perspective on society, my Western worldview, that's what I have seen is this repetition pattern of, oh, just move on. You didn't get the win. It's okay. You'll get a win another time. Oh, you'll win some, you'll lose some. Don't worry about it. It's like, wait a minute. So you're telling me to move on from something I've literally sacrificed for. Many, many sacrifices. And we're just going to move on from that. Or you get the monument and those who have the monument, what do they say? Mm. Two words, baby. What's next? Yup. Gratification. Satisfi- satisfaction. No way. <laughs> No, I meant to say yeah. uh, the, the, the difference of like the success, right? And no, the, you used the right word. The, the moment of gratification. There you go. Sorry, say that again. <clears throat> the gratification and, and the, the, t- the decay rate of that. Ooh. Right? It's like I get to that point, it's awesome. My dopamine's up. I'm living life. Let's go. And then to some, that takes them, you know, 10 years. And to some, that only lasts for seconds. Dude, you can't live on a dopamine high. Impossible. It's not sustainable. Our bodies will literally shut down. Neurologically, we will shut down. If we only, like, that's why adrenaline is such a beautiful and necessary gift. But you can't live on adrenaline. You will literally die. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. That you said the growth, the, the, 
the rate you said something the rate the gratification oh the, the decay the, rate of gratification decay rate okay so more of that well just like you said right it's like okay so a decay rate of technology is is maybe different like a computer is different than a cell phone okay so to a person their decay rate of their success and their gratification and their positive way of thinking could be a different decay rate than than the other than the person next to them. Yeah. Right? Because we're wired differently. Hundred. So then what is success? Perfect. Question. Right? Then then what is success? Then what are people living for? You can't live for the monument. Because even when you get it, you can't it won't sustain you. So then what is our aim is what yeah. you're asking. And I and I don't think that inherently that is a person problem. I think that is a systems problem because in some ways or another, have not have we not raised the next generation like that? in our schools, in our sports teams, in, um, you know, when we go to post-secondary, it's that next big thing. It's making a name for yourself. So for the people that do not make a name for themselves or do not have extra letters beside their name, who are they? And how do they contribute to society? Because that, isn't that what is living and what is, you know, you know, being a human being is contributing to society. Fire. Keep going. And, and, and I would say no. That, no. You don't. You don't. And so, you know, we might, yeah. What is our inherent value as a human being? Yeah. Is it what we do? Is it what we are made for? Is it who we are? That's really powerful. Okay, so <clears throat> I'm in a role. I serve in a role, multiple roles, and then I use and then I lose that role. But who am I? Because I've been in that role for so long. This is what I've known and I love doing it. And it's so good. But then I've actually realized that my whole identity has been wrapped up in this one pursuit. Temporary gain. And don't we see that? You know, we're, we're entering a season of, you know, um, you know, holidays and stuff in these movies. The morals of those stories... Um, I, I don't I can't think of something right now like a, a specific movie but but I would say like there's some there's some movies out there that say the moral of you know oh Scrooge yeah cl that classic Scrooge right where it's like you know he wrapped himself up with money and he missed out on family and so he had to be visited by three different ghosts to get it across from him that he was missing the very thing that you know that you know is is living in a, in amongst his his life mm. and so i think 
you know, yeah. <clears throat> I want to go back to something you said. You said the environment that we're in has a significant... The environment that we're in has a significant contribution to why we want to live for the monument. Because mm. mm -hmm. this, this is why I love... Like, whatever, I don't care, it's not a video. This is, this is something I love about you is your take on things and your perspective on things is so different than me. Mm. You have such a broader view than I would. Because for me, where my mind goes is immediately, I don't think this is right or wrong, I think both coexist. Right, right, right. But where my mind goes is, I think about how we live for the moments, or the monuments, sorry, and how that's such an individual pursuit for gratification and the ways in which, like, how, who told you that? Like, who said this to you? And and how there's like that individual journey towards like the hero's journey, yeah. right? That's an archetypal story that's been told mm -hmm. for thousands and thousands of years. Mm -hmm. There's this story of the the hero's journey, mm -hmm. and and so my head goes super individual, but then your your mind goes into the broader the micro, meso, and macro, macro mm -hmm. perspective, mm -hmm. and how the ecosystem of our life contributes to the things that we desire which i want us to kind of go there and to say that what we bring in has an effect of what we want out of life and so if we're what stories are we listening to what narratives are we believing not just about ourselves but what narratives are we ourselves gravitating towards mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you think about that in the lens of the church because this is where my mind goes mm -hmm. And it's like, what stories are we celebrating in the church? How often mm -hmm. do we celebrate the impact, the efficiency, the influence, the power, the power? How often do we celebrate the power mm -hmm. over the person? Mm -hmm. And we wonder why so many of us myself included, struggle with the aim towards the monument. So yet when you go into the gospel and you read Jesus' story, there are absolutely significant moments in the gospel. And yet there isn't any that was allowed to be mono, like monumized. Let me be clear what I mean by that. Actually, oh, oh, this is so good. Okay. So I'll determine that. Okay. <laughs> so in this time, I actually know the story pretty well. Jesus is with his inner crew and they go up a mountain and on the mountain, if you're looking it up on Google, just type in Mount tr mountain of transfiguration. That's the story. He goes to, it's near the end of the gospel. He's getting closer to the cross. Things are happening. There's a lot of significant things that this is not a New Testament lesson. So I'm just not going to go there. There's a lot of significant things that are happening in this moment. Jesus is there. He goes and into his glorified state and he has a conversation with Moses and Elijah. There's reasons for that. This is not a sermon. I'm not going to go there. The point is, Peter, James, and John have this spectacular window into who this man is. God, the Father, speaks over the son after the moment and says, this is my son. Listen to his ways. Like, listen to him. 
And immediately, I believe it's Peter says, Master, do you want us to put up a tent? One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And it's amazing because that's the right response. <laughs> because I, I, I promise this is getting there. That's the right response if you were a Jewish man in that world because their whole land had was full of monuments that represented different moments that God touchstoned the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, there was like so many, the, the well that I think it was Jacob's well. Like they literally had Jacob's well as a significant place where, where God met Jacob. And there's all these different stories I don't want to get into. But the point is, there's this moment where something beautiful happens and Peter says, let's set up the tent. Let's make this a monument. Let's make this a monument. This is a significant moment, Jesus. And what happens is Jesus says, no, I have to continue. And they go down the mountain because he actually had to go to the cross. But my point is, even in the gospels, there's this window into, are we going to live for the monuments? Or are we going to live for the moments? And are we going to live through the moments? Not even for the moments, but through the moments. And it doesn't mean that we don't recognize the significance of the moment. It's still in the book. It still made the gospel stories. Like it is significant. We need to know about that story. But to live in that place is the is where I think we're talking about that tension. God never intended intent intended? No, intended. intended. God never intended for his sacredness to be an act of idolization. Because there is a two difference between sacred and idol idols okay yeah unpack that my love well that's a side that's a side note because we we, i i I would say like you know we talked about you know events because like any storytelling in history we weren't there we weren't there so they are subjective in retelling the story. And so we have to be, re, be, you know, we have to be careful. That's why I, I think um, it, it is really important to do like a deep dive in the context when you're reading scripture. Because it could be what I think you're saying is it could be so harmful in our interpretation of what is sacred. Because what is sacred can be... Um, taken as an taken into culture and we idolize that thing and Jesus is like oh you totally missed it you totally missed what I was trying to say and what I was trying to do because you put in the application of self-indulgence <laughs> time and time Again, is that not the Israel story? Mm. Is that not what Jesus came to Mm. heal in his wounds, in his death? Is, okay, you were expecting a king, you were expecting a soldier. And here I am, in a virgin birth, in a major, in a manger filled with literal poo. <laughs> like, 
No one was expecting that. But that's because our eyes were on something, a distraction of what he's trying to do. That's so good. And I think when we talk about moments and I'm cultivating us, it's like we're looking at the mountain. It's like, what about the valley right here? Mm-hmm. We were around a friend not too long ago, and she said something about, isn't a valley, a valley has the most rich soil? And I, that really hit me. Mm-hmm. Because I think when we retell stories about valleys, it's like, it's okay that you're in the valley. But you the know, you'll get through and you the mountains coming. Right. It's a, it's Friday night. The Sunday's Sunday morning's coming. So it's like oh no, there is still things planted in the valleys. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I think And wouldn't yeah. we rather be in the valley if that's where he is? Anyways? Like imagine getting to the top and he's not there. Like, what is this about? This is what this boils down to, I think. Is is this about walking with God, Father, Son, Spirit? Mm-hmm. Or is this about getting something out of our walk? Well, and, yeah. And I think what we also have to ask that question, because we have the space for us on the show, which is cool, is what is it about the monument? So, what is this monument feeding me? What, how is this filling a need that I have? Is it telling me that I'm significant? Is it telling me that I matter? Is it telling me that I belong? Is it telling me that I transcend, right? This, this moment, this monument that has happened this will be remembered for the ages. So is it about legacy? Is it about inheritance? Is it about worth? And again, I'm not saying it's probably about all of those things and more. But I think being able to sit down and to process that with God and say, Lord, what is the monuments of my life? Is it being a mother? And is it because I maybe had a bad mom? So now I want to fill the void that I had in my life so that my child doesn't have to have that same void in hers or theirs. So I think, again, I'm not thinking about anyone in particular or anything like that. I'm just saying, I think we got to sit with that and say, what, what is it about the monuments? What is the monument in my life? What is it feeding me? And where's God meeting me in this? Cause God is a gentle, like God, God meets us in gentleness and kindness and he allows us to be exposed in these things so that he can restore these parts of our hearts. So that way we can celebrate the God on the mountain while also with joy walk down into the valley. It's both. It's not one or the other. It's not one or the other. Yeah. And I think you're, I think what you're saying is uh, discerning what we are living for, why we're living, um, you know, for it and the whole culture around calling and purpose, Mm -hmm. because I think we do things and do for 
um, sometimes out of a place of harm, out of a place of need, out of a place of wounds, out of a place of assumption, um, and it's and, and bias and prejudice. And so I think it's really important, as you're saying, you know, what does wisdom look like? You know, and it looks like discerning and having that self-reflection. And I think, you know, we've talked about it before that, you know, we live in a very fast-paced culture and we talked about practices last uh, episode about just the importance, if I were to synthesize that talk, it was like the importance of slowing down. It does something to our biological senses. It's not just slowing down for the purposes of getting a better plan out of your purpose. It's, it's actually trying to t- tie something um, tie you to something that's greater and deeper than what you can physically see with your eyes and so I think it's also going back to the whole you know moments that we're living in and that we're in is like okay like well then what is the definition of hope anyways Mm. we say we're hoping for the best hoping is not in the things that are what you can see. It is the things that you cannot see. And so, you know, the encouragement, and that's my hope, is that, you know, we would be, you know, continue to be a people that is set on the things that are, you know, not yet, and the things that, and, and be being content and okay that you have not received this and this and this, because it does not limit just because you don't gain all those different things that you had hoped for and dreamed of because dreams we're not bashing on dreams actually dreams is a powerful beautiful thing but if we're wrapping our senses our ability our identity wrapped up in dreams we're still sleeping and we're we're not in reality we are not mindful we are not grounded because we're somewhere else and God's presence want us to be exactly where we are even where we are if it may the valley or if it may the mountain not one is greater than the other so you said a couple of things that I want to highlight one of them is you said um, hope is not in what we see and I thought about that and I'm like, it's being able to have the eyes to see the baby who is the son of God. Behold. Right? In Revelation, there's that beautiful, behold, the Lion of Judah. Mm. Declaration. But then what does John see? The lamb that was slain. Mm. Jesus on the cross what do we see what do we see we have to see the unseen we have to actually see what's unseen to have hope so then how do we have eyes to see and ears to hear 
abiding in the vine. You got to know him. You got to know him. And when you know him, it's amazing what can happen. I have had moments in my life where I was expecting the mountain and I was expecting the spectacular. And the Holy Spirit whispers to me, oh son, it's not going to go like that this time. But I want you to do it anyways. Mm. Do you know how awesome it is to do something that doesn't that doesn't meet any of your dreams, hope for, or expectations, but to still have peace with it because you know the man, because you're walking with the shepherd. He cares for his sheep. He cares for his sheep. And I wonder how many people are listening to this, like ourselves who are in that place of looking for the mountain. We, we're using the word mountain, but it's the same word for like monument as in, in this analogy that we're using. Mm. But how many of us are looking for the mountain top experiences as our way of feeding and filling something? Oh. And God loves us way too much to give us the mountain when it is for that. He loves us way too much to give us the mountain when it's for that. Mm-hmm. Meaning, it doesn't mean, like, it, how do I say that? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Well, is not, isn't that what he did to Moses at the end of Deuteronomy? He was like showing him the promised land from the mountain got him up the mountain he's like you can see it but I'm not actually going to get you physically there it's not out of hate it's not out of control it's out of love Mm. yeah because if you had the experience maybe you would miss it maybe maybe it would fill that spot and that's the problem yeah and I think that that's yeah yeah it's like the person just the easy way to because obviously uh some of this is very abstract maybe for some people to hear so the way I would practically say it is let's say you're desiring to have a, a partner in life a marriage in life and you want that so badly sometimes God will love you enough to not give you that so that way you find complete security and rest and fulfillment in him so that when you have the marriage or the partnership, you're actually able to flourish the way he's designed you to. But if you went straight to the marriage or straight to the relationship, then what you would do is you wouldn't have the experience of God's love and grace and fulfillment. Mm. And that relationship would replace it. Now, let's be clear. You and I, we don't have a perfect marriage. We got a pretty good one. I'm thankful for it. And it's definitely fulfilling. Good. <laughs> if I could do- Circle. Good. <laughs> Somewhat. No, good. I'll put it good. Excellent. It's like, well, they want one. So I'll... <laughs> I wish I was good at editing because I would totally like edit like a check mark or whatever, but I have no idea how to do it. If you know how to edit, like... You yeah. could probably do that. I don't know how. 
You'll just put a good at the end. Oh. Either way. Um, so God loves us too much to give us it sometimes because that will fulfill us. And then now we don't need him. But that doesn't mean the thing that we desire isn't actually sourced in him. It's, it's a realignment. And that goes back to what I was saying about idols. Because that's what the Israel story is. The thing that we're looking for from the idols of our life are not wrong. The source in which we're trying to find it in is. That's wild. Because how many of us, myself included, have an image of God that says... The desires are carnal and flesh and deathly and evil and wrong. Get rid of them and give your life to Jesus so that you can live this like pious life that's detached from every desire you ever had. That's not the gospel. The desires of our heart in, in right alignment with what is the prayer of the people? Like we're literally going to talk about this tonight with our house church. Thy will be done. It's, a, it's having your desire aligned with God's desire, which is the original desire that he gave you. Mm. It just gets messy because life is messy. We get caught in the weeds. We get caught in the, the monsters in the woods. Like there's so many challenges. There's so many things that can happen that can distort us and distract us and distance us and mm. all those different things that can happen. And yet the Lord, he's there mm -hmm. watching, mm -hmm. waiting. Mm -hmm. wooing yeah and that, and that wooing can get displaced and almost um, I would say even ignored when we're getting wooed by other things that are not from him Bingo. in place of him And I think that's been my journey and living on that dopamine and then not realizing, oh, I am not centered on the one. I have not been centered on the one. Because although he provides these good things, these are good things. These are beautiful things. But I've made these things in replacement of him. So good. It's funny because you think about Jesus's one of his final words to the to the disciples in the Last Supper. And that that moment that he created for them. To have an act to remember to experience to declare to live in and through communion the bread the wine that moment reorientates us to father son and spirit in the context of community. 
because we are not running this race alone. And we need each other. We need each other. And, you know, I think I've said this before to our church. Like, I don't think we have an idolatry issue in Canada. I think we have amnesia. Like, we, like in the church. I don't think the greatest issue in the church right now is idolatry. I think the greatest issue in the church is amnesia. We forget who he is. We have, we've lost our way in remembering and, and being in right relationship. And I'm, like, I'm, I'm here. Like, I, like, yeah, I'm, like, mm-hmm. I'm just as much relearning and continue to be relearning what it is to be in right relationship with the Father through the Son by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you get wrapped into that Trinitarian relationship, it's like a dance that that everything else, it's not that everything else doesn't matter and yet everything else becomes so much more significant. It's the smaller things in the life that just become to burst forth with color. It's the smaller things in life that become so valuable to you. Not because they feed that that part of you, but because it's all a gift. It's a gift from the gift giver. And, and there's such a beautiful, transcendent love that goes be that's in the moment, but it's in a moment that is actually wrapped in eternity. Because what's happening is you're actually becoming and, and becoming awakened in that moment to an eternal reality that is not bound by the time that our earth is bound by. I know it's super abstract, but it's true. No, the eternal weight of glory. Yep. And that's what we can, that is, that is such a great gift. That is, like, that's good news. And time and time again, we miss it. And it's such a, it's such a beautiful thing because, you know, there's in the Psalms, I believe, and Peter, um, I think another place it talks about, um, the flowers are there, grass is there, but it has that decay rate. It will die one day. It will pass away. Mm. But who remains? Who remains? And that is so, that is our hope. That is our hope. And that is, yeah. Yeah, because it's like, when you said about hope is not in what we see, right? It's like, on the surface level, when you think about that, it's so nihilistic. Like, what the heck? Like that, like, you know, I'm more of the pessimist in this relationship. So I'm like, my initial is like, what the heck's the point then, dude? Like, it's all going to fade and destroy anyways. Right? Surface. What you see. Mm -hmm. But then the unseen is like, yeah, he made that flower for us to delight in in this moment anyways and yet he allows that flower to flourish for the moment that it's in 
and that somehow matters to him. If it didn't, why is it there? If it didn't, why is it there? If you didn't matter to God, why are you here? If you didn't matter to God, why are you here? I don't care what the voices have told you. And I don't care what you've told yourself. Why is it there? If it didn't matter to him. We matter to him. Yeah. 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 It's good. It's good. That's good. Oh. Where do we go from here, dude? <laughs> it's cool, right? Like, it's just so good. Oh, it's so, like, it's just so refreshing. The gospel is so refreshing. Like, honestly, dude, I don't care this is on video. Like, I don't care if five people watch this. I literally could care less. Like, the gospel is so refreshing. He is so good. He's so worthy. He's so enough. And yet, I am, like, so quick to forget all of that. For what? And yet, even in that what, he's like, while you're still sinners... I died for you. I already made up my mind. Doesn't matter if you're, you're just playing catch up. <laughs> like we're just playing catch up to where he already is, where he already is in our, in his perspective of us. And then scriptures is like, Hey, you think you're bad. Let me show you the people of God. <laughs> we've got drunks. We've got murderers. We've got adulterers. We've got Literally, like, genocide-fulfilling people. Like, wild! And he doesn't say any of that's good. Okay, let's be very clear. He has got really clear... He has a name for it. Like, there is sin. There is evil. There is injustice. He hears the cry of those who are oppressed. Let's be clear. And yet, he still loves us. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And we are the people that are called under that. Mm-hmm. Not for just others, but for ourselves. Forgive us of our debt as we forgive those who forgive. For, you know what? Forgive us those trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us. Whew. Saved it. Sunday Good school paid off. Good thing we don't play sports. <laughs> <laughs> What's the connection to sports? I just thought of it. Oh, okay. How do we uh, how do we close this envelope, love? I think if you're listening to this, there's obviously a lot of layers to this. Yes. But you know, our the the hope is that this would be encouraging and so many different ways, whether you are living for that monument right now in your life, you're waiting for that one thing, and yet, let's take a pause 
and reflect on where he has had you and where he has you now. And acknowledging that we are on this journey and that when, you know, we may not get to have or see all of those great monuments in life, we can live right now in the moment that we're in to see him, to look in the mirror and see that we are and we have always mattered to him. And thank goodness, thank goodness, there is no striving in the kingdom and that there is freedom for us to just receive his goodness and his grace and his mercy because he isn't looking at what we did or what we will do. He looks at us right now as we are. Moments over monuments because we all matter. And he loves us way too much to have us live to those monuments. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this discussion. And we hope that you, in this podcast, would find it encouraging. And, yeah. Until the next one. Peace.